We are continuing Sefer Shemuel Bet. We are now on chapter 5, right? Um, in the last chapter, Rechav and Ba'ana, they, uh, Rechav and Ba'ana, they thought they were going to score points with David. So they went and they killed Ishboshet, who was the king of Israel at the time. They killed him and then they cut off his head. And they brought it to David. And David says, tell, tells them, are you guys crazy? Don't you guys know what I did to the guy who came back from war? Trying to tell me as if it's good news that Shaul and Yonatan died. I killed that guy. You know what I'm going to do to you? So he kills these people and he hangs them on top of the pool in Hebron. Meaning, in the public square of the capital city of Yehuda. He makes an example of the people who killed the, the, the king of Israel. To show why is he, why is David doing that? To show that he does ha- he does not have any part in this and that he doesn't uh, like what they did. He's trying to form uh, unity. Yeah, exactly. He's trying to encourage unity. One thing I want to go back to. We discussed briefly that the Yehonatan, the son of Shaul, had a son. Yeah. Maybe he might also be doing this to sort of secure his rule. In the event that maybe someone else comes down along the line and say, "Hey, don't get the idea that just because that happens to the previous king, that you can just switch your loyalties like that." Meaning, if they're so easy to turn their back on the previous king, that's a sign that maybe they're not going to be so loyal to him in the future. Um, I see what you're saying. I it's hard it's hard to see that that's what David is doing. It's hard to think. Because we're in the middle of a program of David trying to consolidate his kingdom. And this fits squarely within that theme of David consolidating his kingdom and winning over the favor of, of Israel. And one of the things is clear is that he doesn't, he's not doing it by, dis, by killing the king of Israel and, and dominating them. He's trying to do it through winning, winning them over and creating Achdut in Israel. Which is one of David's greatest achievements. Is that he's unifying Israel without the typical intrigue of empires and, and, and uh, backstabbing and all that. He doesn't do any of that stuff. He wants to just win them over because he deserves it and because he's an honorable guy and because he's going to lead them out to war and he's going to fight their battles and everything. Okay? So, uh, I want to go back quickly. Remember, Yohanatan had a son. What was his name? Mifi. Mifi Voshet. He was a cripple. And the Pasuk just told us about him briefly, but we don't know why. Like, it doesn't tell us, it doesn't tell us, like, okay, so what? Rechab and Bana, they went and they killed Ishboshet, who was his uncle. And then we just heard about this Mephiboshet guy, we didn't, we didn't really make much of him at the end. Mm-hmm. So I read an interesting perush, that if you look in Divrei Hayamim, and we already said there's one perush that is trying to tell you that the only guy left of Shaul's family was a cripple. So there's really nobody to, to, to make king. If Ishboshet were to die, that means their line is over. Right? That was the, the perush we brought. There's another perush I read in this Anon Bazak book. And he actually quotes Divra Yamim as saying that Mephiboshet actually had children. And his family became very large. So the other way of interpreting the whole reason it's even bringing up Mephiboshet is to tell us that despite the fact that Rechav and Bana killed Ishboshet, don't think Shaul's family got destroyed. They did continue. There was one leftover uh, branch that was able to reproduce. and they, Even though he was crippled and they were able to reproduce and they survived as a family. You know, it's kind of like whenever we, what we studied in the book of Shofetim, when 
Abimelech, the son of Gidon, killed all the other kids, but then there was one kid who was able to get away, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and he was able to continue the line of Gidon, let's say. So it's like a theme in Tanakh that sometimes whenever an entire family is eradicated, there may be one person left over, and that was in this case Mephibosheth, who ended up having children, and the family of Shaul did not completely die out, and maybe that's what the Tanakh Hashan tells. Okay, Pasuk, uh, chapter 5. David, all the tribes of Israel come to, came to David And they said to him, Behold, we are your flesh and your kin. Also yesterday, also two days ago. When Shaul was king over us. You were the one who would bring out and to bring in Israel. You were the general who took us out to war. And God also told you, You are going to lead my nation, and you will be the leader of Israel. Okay, so the, the tribes of Israel, they come to David, they approach him after the whole, their king is dead, after Ishboshet is dead. And now, what do they say to David? They say, we are ready for you, right? It's time for you to become our king. Now they give how many reasons, or how many, uh, yeah, how many reasons do they give for why they're coming and approaching David at this point? Why are they approaching David to be king? They give him three reasons. The first one is, We are of the same flesh. We are cousins. We are family. Meaning we are from the same nation. One. It's the first reason they're giving. Two. Because you are famous for being a good general. That's the the second reason they're coming to David. You were the one who brought Israel out and brought them in. And number three. What's the third reason they give as to why they're making him king? Because Hashem said that you're supposed to be king. So... They're saying essentially that we know that Shimuel already made you king and now we are confirming, right? How do they know? That's an interesting thing. This is why I brought it up. So of the three reasons, one of them, the first one is simple. Okay, you're of our flesh, fine. You're, we're in the same nation. Two, we went out, you went out to war for us and you're our general. The third one is that Shimuel made you, made you the king. So how did they know that Shimuel had, had made him the king? No one else knew. It must have been public knowledge. Because also Avner... Remember whenever Avner oh. went and he told, uh, he came to David and he said... It became public knowledge a while ago. During it did, it became, it became public lot. knowledge at some point. I, we have to look back at Shemuel Aleph to see when it happened. I'm not exactly sure. But for some reason, it's definitely public knowledge. Because even Avner, he even told, whenever he got upset at Ishboshet, he even said, he's like, David Amelech was the one who God anointed as king. I'm going to make him the king. How did he know? So it seems like everybody knows that David was anointed as king, which tells you that all of these people who are not making David king, they're doing it while knowing that Shimuel had anointed him as king, which doesn't speak so well of them. However, now they're coming and they're, they're coming forward. So all the tribes of Israel, they come to David and they say, we want you to be our king. And, and that's it. David is one. This is David's success. Because this is everything David wanted. He already had Yehuda. He was already be- being king in Hebron. He had the southern tribes. And now he's getting the northern tribes that are coming to him and they're making him the king. It's exactly what he wanted. And he was 30 years when he became king. And he was king for 40 years. 
בחברון מלך על יהודה שבע שנים ושישה חודשים. In Hebron he was king over Yehuda for seven years and for six months. ובירושלים מלך שלושים ושלוש שנה על כל ישראל ויהודה. And in Yerushalayim he was king for 33 of those 40 years that he was king. 33 of the years he was king over everyone. So this whole phase that we just spoke about in a couple of chapters that he was king over Hebron only, that lasted seven years. Before things developed and he was able to win over the rest of Israel. Why was he only king over Hebron for seven years? Hebron is the capital of Yehuda. So he, when, when did this occur? When this happened at the beginning of Shemuel Bet, when he comes back and he's, he's, uh, he's anointed as king in Hebron after he comes back from Tziklag. Oh, okay, okay. And then he was about to become king over all of Israel and Avner went and propped okay. up Ishboshet as the okay, king. Okay, gotcha. So, right? so during that time, that time, he was only king of Hebron. During that time, he was only king of Yehuda, which was, he was, he was okay. operating from Hebron. Right, that's his capital, was Hebron. Yeah. Right, and the rest of the land was Ishboshet's. Yeah. He was king. No one talks about Ishboshet as being king, like ever, except for like this like small point where he was done like through. Ishboshet like, was not. He was like a more like a fake king. He was a proxy. He was a. He was a. Proxy king. No, he was like a prop up king. It was a. Uh, wasn't it wasn't a real Abner. Head. Abner was yeah. He was a figurehead exactly. Abner was the one in charge. Okay. And when Abner was moved to David's side and was eventually killed, it opened up the door for David to become king over all of Israel. That process. Starting from when Avner propped up Ishboshet until finally David became king over Israel, took was a seven-year process, seven and a half-year process. That's crazy. Yeah. So he was, so he was now, what's the problem if David is going to be the king over all of Israel? What's the problem with making Hebron the capital city? Because Yerushalayim is the capital. No, well, no, we don't know if he, he's going no. to make Yerushalayim uh, the capital. What's the problem with making Hebron the capital city of all of Israel? Who does? What is it? Obvious bias for his own tribe. Why? Because where is Hebron? Because Hebron is well within Yehuda. It's in the south, right? So if he wants to be the king over Israel, he needs to find a place that's closer to Israel. He can't, can't operate the kingdom from the south. Where it's mid, mid, mid Yehuda. Okay? Right. So, so the king and his people go to Yerushalayim. To the Yevusi who dwelled in the land. Yevusi were the ones who controlled Yerushalayim. We know this from Sefer Yoshua and from Sefer Shofetim, in which it says both the tribe of Yehuda and the tribe of Benjamin did not succeed in ousting the Yevusi from the land, from Yerushalayim. And they said to David, the Yevusi people said to David, don't come here. You have no right coming here. Because if you come here, even the blind people and the lame people will be able to get you out according to what we are saying that you can't come forward. It's actually, these psukim are very difficult to translate. They don't, there seems to be something like just off with the way the psukim are structured. But the, you will see the answer that means say don't approach because even the blind people and the lame people are going to be able to get you out. Now, what are they saying when they say that? Unless you remove the blind and the lame. There, there is, that's a Midrashic translation. There are many interpretations. This, we're going to get into the interpretations of this whole blind and lame thing tomorrow. But what would be the simple Peshat? It's brought down by the Radak, quoting the Ibn Ezra. The worst of us is, gonna, is better than the best of you. Not only like that. He's like, what, 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 what they're saying, exactly. They're saying you guys don't stand a chance. And that the worst of us is better than the best of you. But more than that, they're saying we are so well fortified. Our walls are so strong. That there's no way you could, you could get through to us Even if our guards were blind and lame people We would still be able to defend ourselves So don't even come 
Okay, that would be the Peshat quoted by the Radak, quoting the Ibn Ezra. Tomorrow, we're going to go into a whole slew of interpretations that are actually fascinating about this piece and about how this battle over Yerushalayim is going to take place. Very interesting and has a lot of modern uh, implications as well. Baruch Amen. Amen. Amen.